0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Dear Reverend Father, dear faithful, we Catholics believe that at every Mass, our Lord Jesus Christ becomes really present on the altar. When the priest pronounces the words of consecration, the whole substance of bread and the whole substance of wine are changed into the substance of our Lord Jesus Christ, his body, blood, soul, and divinity, this is one of the truths of our faith that we pro- profess, and so also one of the great mysteries of our faith. When it comes to these mysteries, we have a duty not just to profess them, but also to contemplate them. We must not only profess them with our lips, we must also seek to understand them more deeply with our minds. And today, we are going to try to understand the mystery of the Blessed Sacrament more deeply, but we're not going to do this by looking directly at the mystery. If you wanted to know something about the sun and you tried to look directly at it, you would only have a certain amount of time, a very short amount of time, and you would lose your vision. And us looking directly at the mysteries of the faith is often like that. They are simply too luminous. For our limited minds to grasp. And so the best thing for us to do is to look at reflections of the mystery or to use analogies from created things and reflect them back on the mystery in order to understand those mysteries more deeply in themselves. And this is something like looking at the light of the moon in order to understand the brilliance of the sun. And in this case, for today, I would like to look at she who is beautiful as the moon, the Blessed Virgin Mary, in order to understand better the mystery of the Holy Eucharist. We all know that there's a saying that we have that Our Lady is the vanquisher of all heresies. And what we mean by this is that anyone who professes all the truths that are to be held about the Blessed Virgin Mary by that fact will necessarily reject all heresies of the Catholic faith because somehow the Blessed Virgin Mary is implicated, is involved in all the mysteries of the faith. But this saying that Our Lady is the vanquisher of all heresies has another side. If we turn around to the other side of that coin, we find that Our Lady also illuminates all the mysteries of the faith. Not only does she eliminate heresies whenever we believe all that we're supposed to believe about her, but also she helps us understand more deeply the mysteries of our faith. And I hope that an example of this will become evident today when we think about Our Lady in order to understand the mystery of the Blessed Sacrament better. What we want to do is, with the help of Our Lady and looking at Our Lady, we want to understand the purpose and the power of the Blessed Sacrament. And to do this, we have to contemplate Jesus living in Mary, a favorite subject contemplation for St. Louis de Montfort. Because of the fact that Our Lady was the very first communicant, perhaps considering our Lord living in her will help us understand the nature of the Blessed Sacrament better. She was the first one to commune with God in that most intimate way possible by having God physically present in her own self. She was able to do this, we have to understand, first of all, by her submission to God, by her complete conformity to the will of God. She was willing to cooperate with the designs of God this is what she professes when the angel asks her if she's willing to be the mother of God. She says, well, I am the servant of God. Let it be into, done unto me as you will. And it was when she said this, as it was at that moment that Jesus began living in Mary and in fact taking his own human nature from her. It was then that he entered into her womb and she began her first communion This is the first lesson that Our Lady teaches us, that on the one hand, God wants to come to us. God approaches us and says, are you willing for me to come into you? He asks us. But on the other hand, for him to come into us, we have something to do on our part. There is this necessity that we have those same dispositions that Our Lady had on the day of the Annunciation, this total conformity to the will of God, we must ask him to do with us whatever he wills. We must want him to do with us whatever he wills. We know that our Lord cannot come to us. It's a metaphysical impossibility for our Lord to come to us if we are in the state of mortal sin. There's no communion possible between our Lord and a soul in mortal sin. You can't be for our Lord and against our Lord at the very same time. It's a contradiction and that is why really a sacrilegious communion is not a communion at all. There is no unity between a soul receiving our Lord in the state of mortal sin and our Lord himself. There is no compatibility. There is no communion going on. It's not A union of a soul with our Lord. It's a cutting off of a soul from our Lord. So this is the first lesson that Our Lady teaches us in this scene of the Annunciation. First of all, that that our Lord wants to come to us. That's why he instituted the Blessed Sacrament. He came on this earth to come to us. But we must also want to come to him for there to be any communion we must want him in our souls but our lady does not only teach us why our Lord comes and how we're to receive him she also teaches us how to receive him perfectly we not only want to have a communion with our Lord we want to have the most perfect union possible with him when we receive our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament and again for me it's so helpful for us to reflect upon Jesus living in Mary in order to understand how we make the most perfect communion possible. Again, St. Louis in his book, True Devotion to Mary, he speaks about Our Lady as the masterpiece of the Blessed Trinity, the most perfect creature that the Blessed Trinity ever created and how the Trinity wanted to reserve the knowledge and the possession of Our Lady to Himself, that Our Lady is the sealed garden spoken of in the Canticle of Canticles, where no one has entrance but the Holy Ghost, and even that God dwells more magnificently and divinely in Our Lady than anywhere else in the universe, even if we consider Our Lord dwelling in the midst of the cherubim and the seraphim in heaven, It's still as magnificent as he is in heaven, yet he dwells even more magnificently in the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is such a striking thought that Our Lady is the place where God's kingdom has come, where his will is done more than any place whatsoever even in the, the souls, we may say, of the highest angels. This is the thought that has to be in our mind when we think of Jesus living in Mary, when we think of her communion with our Lord, that that communion is the most perfect communion possible between a creature and the Creator, that no greater union has been achieved or ever will be achieved between creature and Creator than that which exists between Our Lady and Our Lord. And when we consider Our Lady receiving Our Lord and we understand that she receives Him most perfectly and then we compare that with our own communions, we are necessarily led to that reflection that I think happens to all of us periodically. We, we say to ourselves, how is it that, that I receive communion every Sunday? Perhaps I even am able to go to some daily masses and receive our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament on a regular basis, but I don't increase in holiness in an exponential way. I'm not jumping by leaps and bounds in my union with our Lord. I'm not sensing this, these leaps of, of love in my growth, of, of my union with our Lord Jesus Christ. How is it that I receive our Lord so often and I am yet so far from him? And the answer can only be that we are not receiving our Lord in the same way that Our Lady received him. If our Lord gave himself so completely to Our Lady in her first communion, in her successive communions, after he rose up into heaven, she was attending mass, said by St. John. If he was so united to her in her communions, it was because she submitted herself so completely to him. And we're not doing that. We are like those people who up here in the Gospel for the second Sunday of Pentecost, which is today, who are invited to this great banquet. The the Eucharist is the spiritual banquet. They're invited to this banquet, and they just have so many other things going on that they're not able to commit themselves to that banquet. They've got a farm that they bought, or they've married a wife, or they've bought five yoke of oxen, and so they just don't have time for God. They can't give him the time of day. And this is the difference, I think, between the communion of Our Lady and our own communions. When Our Lady received her first communion, her mind was thinking about our Lord. But when we receive Holy Communion, our mind is often thinking about something else. When Our Lady received our Lord, she was desiring our Lord with her whole heart. She wanted him with her whole being. But when we receive our Lord, we are often desiring many things besides our Lord. When Our Lady received our Lord, her emotions were calm. She was not in a state of trouble, of emotional fear, hatred, anger, lust, greed. Rather, her soul was like a tranquil lake, completely disposed for her soul to be free, to fly to our Lord. Whereas when we receive our Lord, our emotions are often greatly troubled. We are afraid, anxious, angry, bored, sensual, or whatever. Our soul is not disposed to focus on our Lord Jesus Christ. We got our minds on other things. And this is why St. Louis de Montfort recommends that we make our communions with the assistance of Our Lady. He says one of the methods he recommends is that before communion, we speak to Our Lady and we ask her to lend us her own heart. Please give me your own heart so that I can, as it were, love our Lord with your heart rather than with mine. And then he says, when our Lord comes, we should take our Lord and present him to Our Lady and ask Our Lady to give to our Lord the homage, the love, and the attention that is due to him and which we recognize is so lacking in us because we are so cold in our love. We are so obsessed with worldly things and are not able to give him the attention that he deserves. This is why St. Louis loves so much the prayer, Jesus Living in Mary. It's a prayer that was composed by Father Jean Jacques Ollier, this priest who was a great reformer of the priesthood in France in the 1600s. He founded the seminary of Saint Sulpice, a very famous seminary in Paris, where St. Louis himself attended. And this prayer expresses this desire that as jesus is living in mary as he lives in her as she has given him herself over to him and he gives himself to her in this very very intimate communion so also may it take place in me addressing our lord in the womb of our lady O jesus living in mary come and live in me in the spirit of thy holiness in the plenitude of thy gifts, in the perfection of thy ways, in the truth of thy virtues, and in communion with thy mysteries. Reign in me against all my menacing enemies, against the world, the flesh, and the devil, by the power of thy Holy Ghost, and for the glory of thy Father. These are these two dispositions that we must have. We want him to come in us, First of all, to communicate to us his great spiritual gifts, and then secondly, to remove from us all that worldliness, all that dross that exists in our hearts that keeps us from having that perfect communion with him. If we can receive Holy Communion thinking about our Lord, desiring our Lord, submitting to our Lord in union with Our Lady, then our communions will progressively make us holier and holier, This is that second lesson that Our Lady teaches us, that we must really focus when we receive Holy Communion. We must really try to give ourselves as much as possible to our Lord when he comes to us in the Blessed Sacrament to make the best Thanksgiving possible. And when I was thinking about these things, I started to reflect about Our Lady as she is now, What about Our Lady now? Now she's in heaven. She's no longer receiving our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. What does this mean? Does this mean that that we're in a better situation than Our Lady now? Because we're able to receive Holy Communion on this earth, and she's no longer receiving Holy Communion? And this reflection, I think, brings home to me a third and a final lesson. Of course she's not worse off than we are being in heaven. No, today in heaven, our lady has an even more perfect communion with her son than she had here on earth. She possesses the beatific vision. She has God as the very form of her intellect, possessing him in a way that's far beyond the capacities of our nature, such that when you get to heaven, you even have to be upgraded, as it were, with the light of glory. Your mind has to be upgraded. Your soul has to be upgraded so that you can even be capable of receiving God into your soul in the manner of the beatific vision. And so what this helps me understand, that Our Lady now possesses Our Lord even more, is that Holy Communion is precisely a preparation for this possession of God that we are to have in heaven, that our Lord comes down on this earth and gives himself to us in this most intimate way in our bodies as a preparation for us to receive him eternally in our souls, in the beatific vision. Holy Communion is a preparation for heaven. This is what is expressed in the Laodiceon that was just sung by the scola, the sequence of this mass. Where it says, where Saint Thomas Aquinas says, "Eccipani angelorum factus cibus viatorum," that the bread of the angels has become the food of men. The bread of the angels is God. The angels are feasting on God in heaven. And then our Lord becomes incarnate upon this earth. That same bread that they are feasting upon now becomes accessible to us. That we can receive that bread that they are partaking of in heaven, though in a different manner. In the Blessed Sacrament, we receive that same God that is the form of their souls in heaven. This is why Archbishop Lefebvre says that receiving Holy Communion is, in a sense, receiving heaven itself. God is heaven, he says. Jesus Christ is God. So when we receive God in our hearts, we can say in all truth, I have heaven in my soul. I have paradise in my soul. We should be united to that paradise in such a way that we Prepare the paradise of forever. Our Lord invents this blessed sacrament so that He can come to you on this earth in a way that is similar to the way that He comes to you in heaven, that you partake of God in heaven. And if we want heaven, if we want to possess God forever in perfect happiness, then we must make good communions on this earth. We must receive our Lord as perfectly as possible. And that will be the best way possible to dispose us for heavenly glory. My dear faithful, Our Lady teaches us so much about the most blessed sacrament. She shows us that it exists because our Lord wants to come to us, but that we have to want to do his will if we are to enter into that communion with him. She shows us the most perfect way to receive our Lord is to think about him and love him with our whole mind, our whole heart, and our whole strength at the time of communion. And she shows us that he is coming to us in order to get us ready for heaven, that he's dwelling with us on this earth as an anticipation of us dwelling with him in heaven. And so let us ask our lady for this great grace that she may accompany us in all of our communions, that she may make them fruitful, and so that Jesus may live in us in the same way that he lived and is still living in her. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.